Uh, the church I grew up in was led by a, a senior pastor who founded that church. And every now and then, what he would do is he would say, you know, the church is a family, and sometimes families just need to talk. And then he would go on, he would, he would talk about something really, really important in the life of the church. And, and tonight, we're going to have one of those talks. Um, Eleven years ago, uh, this past July, I came across the country with two babies and my beautiful wife, and we headed into the unknown. We were... We were excited, we were scared, we were sad to leave home, we were happy and, and, and pumped about a new adventure all at the same time. And one of the things that led up to that decision for us to come across the country to, to this place called Colorado and Flatirons and all that was there was something inside of me that had been growing at the time and it's what my wife has always called, I, I get this sense of being restless. And in my life, God seems to do um, these and create these small yet growing uh, moments of restlessness before he reveals something that he's doing in my life. And so every now and then, Allie, when we're on a date or when we're on a vacation or walking on the beach or something like that, she'll take advantage of the opportunity when I'm not uh, just all spinning out in my mind and things like that. And she'll ask me, hey, how you doing? You restless at all? And usually my first response is denial. You know, I'll go, no, no, of course not, of course not. And then over the course of time, there's this growing recognition of the fact that, yeah, I am restless. And this final realization is finally usually a conversation with Allie where I admit to her that, yeah, I'm, I'm restless. Now, you may be asking, like, you know, what, what in the world does that mean? And the answer is I don't, I don't have a huge explanation or definition for what restless means in my life, but I think some of you know exactly what I'm, what I'm talking about. It's just this kind of general sense of unease, like something going on inside of you, and you can't quite figure out what it is. And many of you have gone through something like that in your life maybe many times. So over the past couple of years, I've been wondering what God's been up to in my life because if I'm honest, for the past couple of years, I've been, I've been restless. And during that time in these past couple of years, I've been resolved utterly uh, to wait on God, to reveal what he may be doing in my life, and at the same time to faithfully serve this church like I've been doing for the past 11 years, this church that I love so much. Last spring, right before Easter, I preached a sermon, uh, I think it was on Palm Sunday, and the sermon was about how God does unexpected things at unexpected times in unexpected ways. And what you all, my church family, didn't know at the time was that God was doing exactly that in my life. Over the past 10 years of being at Flatirons, every now and then, someone would, would contact me or email me or send somebody else to contact me about potentially serving at another church. And over those 10 years, I've always had the same response. It's always been thanks, but no thanks. This is, this is home, uh, we love it, and so God would absolutely have to write something on a wall in order for us to leave. Yet this past spring, for the first time in a decade, my restlessness rose to a level that for the first time I decided to explore what God might be doing in my life and in the life of my family by not simply shutting down those inquiries. I fast-forwarded my life and thought, I don't want to look back and have what-ifs. I didn't want to have any of those moments, or at least as few of them as, as possible. Something I've always told people in ministry, and some of our staff and former staff can tell you, I've told them this before, is that it's always a good thing to look into going somewhere else because it will do one of two things. It will either confirm that you're supposed to stay, or it will affirm that you're supposed to, to go. And either way, that's a good thing, because either way, you're just simply trying to be obedient to God. It's a really easy thing to say when you're talking to somebody else. It's a, it's a much more painful thing to walk through when it's, when it's you. 
So back in March, I walked into Jim's office and through tears, I told him that I thought God might be calling me out of Flatirons. And Jim and I have been doing this together for 11 years. 11 here, four back in Kentucky. That's not good at math, but I think that's 15 years. All together, alongside my friend and leader, Jim Bergen. And you need to know that in this process, Jim has been awesome. He's been great to me. A lot of people uh, would have looked at someone like me and said, you know what, here's your walking papers. You can go figure that out on your, on your own time. But Jim has been a friend to me, and he's walked with me in this process. And it's been really, really hard beyond what I can describe for you. And throughout this entire time, I've focused on, and my wife has too, Psalm 37, the whole chapter, but I'll just give you some of it, which says this, trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord, trust him and he will help you. Be still in the presence of the Lord, wait patiently for him to act. The Lord directs the steps of the godly and he delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. Put your hope in the Lord. Travel steadily along his path. And as you know, patience and waiting and wondering are not exactly in my wheelhouse as far as spiritual giftedness. It's been really painful and it's been really good. Like most things in life, going through the fire has some gold on the other side, but there is no way to skip the process and still get the gold. So God has had not just me, but my family and those really close to me, my friends who I consider family, in a really difficult season for the past five months, which has led to all this this past summer. God has called me to another church. And I have uh, quoted Pastor Charles Stanley to you many times, and some of you might notice or have noticed that I've been quoting this a lot lately for this reason. Obey God and leave the consequences to him. That is a good way to live life. It is not an easy way to live life. This is an obedience issue for me. I need you to know that. There would be no other reason for me to ever leave this amazing church home and family that we've had for these 11 years other than obeying God. We're going back to our old Kentucky home in Lexington, joining the staff of Southland Christian Church, the church that I came from, to be their teaching pastor. Alongside of some old friends of mine, I'll be leading the church in the future through using my two main gifts of teaching and leadership. And just like 11 years ago, We're excited, we're sad to leave home, we're happy to be on a new adventure, and we're scared, just like we were 11 years ago. I want you to hear me on a few things. This is about calling. And for some of you, that might sound really mystical, and the reason it sounds that way is because it is. God has placed a specific calling on my life to reach lost people and to lead people in faith to experience the real and authentic Jesus. And 
Where that happens is not my deal, that's God's deal. No matter where I go until the day I die, that's what I'll be doing. I need you to hear this too. I'm not running away from anything. I'm running to something. For those of you who know me well, you know I don't run away from pain. I tend to run at it. So I'm not running away from anything. And I want to say it again, Jim and I are good. There's no backstory that you're unaware of. I'm giving you the story. This is the story. This church, this leadership has been nothing but gracious, generous, and loving to me for 11 years. And I need you to hear this. I love you. I'm not done. I'm not done. Hold on. Not done. Thank you. I got more to say, man. I'm a preacher. Come on. <laughs> Love this church. You've been so gracious and patient and kind to me and my family for 11 years, and it's not always been easy. In fact, I can't really pinpoint a time in the life of this church since I've been here that it's ever been what I would call easy. But it's always been good. Some of you, many of you perhaps, were here when I was 26 years old when I came here unrefined, way overconfident teacher, and you allowed me to mature and grow as a man and as a pastor. Thank you. We'll all sit around in heaven one day, and we'll tell stories of what God did in Colorado. So, I have one request. That's all I would ask of you. Would you, uh, would you pray for my family? my wife, my four kids, and for me. For 11 years, this has been home. We've never had deeper, more uh, significant friendships than we have here. We've never felt more at home. In my whole life, I've never felt more at home than I have here. We've never been more loved than we have been here. This is really hard. It's really hard for me and my wife and my kids. So pray that God would do what God does. That he would go before us and that he would provide for us. And that he would lead us and take care of us. I told you recently that God's grace is not always gentle. But it's always good. And that fierce love that we just sang about. That's the kind of love that God has been putting me through right now. And God's grace has been our oasis during this season, everywhere we go. Some logistics, I'll be back on Labor Day uh, to preach in a few weeks, so this isn't the last that you will see of me. My family and I, we're going to be moving in a little under two weeks so that we can get our kiddos back, time for school to start. Their school's going to start after Labor Day. And here's what I want to leave you with as I get snot everywhere. <clears throat> Here are a few challenges for you. As you walk by faith into the future, number one, keep your eyes on Jesus. Therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder, perfecter of our faith, 
who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Number two, pray for Jim and this staff. Jim is a great leader, and along with an amazing staff, he's carrying a heavy responsibility. It's a privilege, it's a good responsibility, but it's heavy. No one, not even me, and I've probably had the closest window of anybody, fully understands what it's like to carry the responsibility that Jim is carrying. He's God's man to lead this church as you together follow Jesus. So support him, pray for him, love him as he faithfully serves you. The staff here is incredible. It's been my honor and my joy and my privilege to be a part of leading them and serving them. And you have an amazing staff at Flatirons Community Church. They are fun and they are faithful and they are brave and they love Jesus with reckless abandon. They're awesome. Number three, come alongside Ben. I've had the honor and the joy of getting to meet with Ben as we've been in this kind of mentoring relationship for the past year. And we usually meet at least once a week, if not more, it's usually more. We've been talking about life and faith and ministry and the Bible and marriage and everything you can imagine. Ben's been given this incredible gift by God. And all he needs is the opportunity to do as Paul told Timothy, and that's this, to fan into flame the gift of God. And all he needs is the opportunity to do that. And I'm so happy that Ben has been getting that opportunity. So my challenge for you would be this. Give Ben what you gave me. Love and patience and support and encouragement and kindness. You all will be the biggest benefactors of Ben's teaching if you do that. And you need to know this. Ben is not me. And that's a good thing. My son Eli tells me all the time, he's like, you know Ben's a lot funnier than you, right? I'm like... (laughs) Yes, he is. He's funnier than any human being I've ever met. But you need to understand this too. There's a lot more to Ben than his sense of humor. Ben is wise and he's smart and he's articulate and he's creative and he's a great husband and a great father. And listen to me. Listen to me. Ben being a great husband and father is more important than him being a great teacher for you. So allow him to be a great husband and father and he will be a great teacher for you. But he has to be a great husband and father first. And you have to help provide that for him. Are you with me? All right. Finally this. Trust God. (laughs) Trust God. If you've been around this church for a while, you know that this church has endured and thrived and continued to reach lost and broken people through way bigger challenges than Scott Nickel leaving. This church is not mine, it's not Jim's, it's Jesus's. So, as you look back at how God has been faithful, at how God has provided and taken care of this church, let your looking back fuel your courage as you move faithfully into the future. Be brave, Flatirons. Take risks, big ones, and trust God. I love you more than you would know. Thanks.
Um, go ahead and sit down real quick. Um, hey, the kids are here. You, kids, you want to come up? Do you want it? Yes? No? Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, Eli. Come up here. Let me say this, all right? Eli mows my yard. I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, <laughs> um, so let me say this. Uh, so he was much more gracious about my reaction than it was really true. Because uh, at first I just looked across the table at him and went, I, didn't, I never thought about doing this without you. Um, but this is God's church. It's not mine. It's, and this is, I believe absolutely he and Allie are following what God is calling him to do. I believe that, or I would, I would punch him in the throat in the name of Jesus. And um, I, I would. Um, let me say this. Uh, he's going back to South, and this is the church we were at before we came out here. And the only way I'm okay with this is that it's a really, it's a really good church. Um, when I was interviewing to come out here, uh, somebody actually told me, uh, I use the word Christ too much in my sermons. And uh, well, that's odd. And I said, and I say, uh, and I say, turn in your Bibles a lot. And uh, somebody said, we don't really, our people don't really have Bibles. And Southland gave me $10,000 to buy Bibles. And that's why we have Bibles in the back of all of our auditoriums all, all year, because they, they loved what they knew Scott and I were going to do out here. And, um, and so that's why I, we couldn't even afford office furniture. And they let me, they bought me office furniture when I moved out here. That's how poor this church was. And uh, did you remember how it was a, Mess. It was crazy. Man, it was, it was crazy. <laughs> it's a different mess now, but it's still it's good. Uh, <laughs> I love this man right here, uh, and he's been my he's been my teacher. Um, we're recording this. I'm not doing this three more times. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I uh, uh, I love this man. He's been my teacher. He's been my pastor. Uh, he's been he's led up, uh, over and down, really, really, really well. And uh, um, Flatirons is who we are because of Scott as much as me. And I, I want you all to be praying for them um, and praying for their family, praying for this guy right here. And uh, is that okay? Sure. Sure. All right. And, uh, and, uh, I'm just speechless because I knew this day was coming. I just didn't, I didn't want it to come, I'll be honest with you. But it, I, I support it totally, all right? And uh, I'm going to pray for them. And, uh, and then on Labor Day, we're going to come back and, and we're going to honor Scott and his family. They'll be in school, but Scott will be back. Um, this woman right here uh, is uh, the secret uh, behind anything he's done good. I'll just say that because I know her pretty well. And, uh, and, uh, Scott, thanks. Yeah. Um, let's pray, or I'm not going to make it. Uh, God, um, I love this family. Uh, I love this man. Uh, their marriage is like what we should all point to and go, that's what Jesus had in mind, I think. And this family, uh, they're not perfect, um, but man, they're good. They're so good. And so I thank you uh, for a conversation I had in Gold's Gym uh, about 12 years ago. And uh, and ever since that day, my life's been better. Um, and the, the future is, it's, it's gonna be different, but it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good because you have this and you have this family 
and you have us, you have this church, you have Southland, you have all of us, and we're all in your kingdom. And we are gonna sit on a porch in heaven one day and go, hey, remember that one time? And, um, and we're gonna look back and go, boy, Jesus is really good. And this is part of that goodness, even though it hurts right now and it stings and, and there's part of us that doesn't understand, but we do trust you, Jesus. We do trust you. Um, and we love you. So God, I pray you'll put your hands and your arms around this family and draw them close together as they, they go back uh, to Kentucky and take everything that you've taught them here about how much you love people, you don't hate people. Nobody has done anything so bad that you've given up on them. All these things you've taught us out here. As Scott and Allie go back and go, oh no, there's hope for you too. Jesus loves you too, because we're all the same. So God, I, I, I pray uh, for Landry, I pray for Eli. Silas for Bo, I pray for the, their parents as they are all, this, it's just, it's all up in the air right now, but it's all in your hands. And we love you and we trust you. One day, one day, I just can't wait uh, to lay, like the song we're about to sing, to lay our crowns before and go, it wasn't about what church we were at, it wasn't about what job we were in or what position or title we had. It's all about you, Jesus. And we lay it all before you. We honor you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love the Nickel family with all our heart. And it's in your son's name, I pray, amen. Will you just love on them? Just give it up for them. Really?